I'm Patricia Pierce. Welcome to the We Awakening podcast. Beneath the global crises we are facing, something truly extraordinary is happening on Earth. Planetary consciousness is shifting as humankind sheds its belief in separateness and awakens to the truth of interexistence. In this podcast, we explore this awakening into unitive consciousness that will give rise to a new world, and we celebrate the luminous web that connects us all. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today I'm speaking with Stephanie Austin, M.A., an astrological counselor, teacher, and writer specializing in life purpose, career, and relationship since 1986. Her background includes a master's degree in consciousness studies, a bachelor's in psychology, and extensive explorations in holistic health, eco-psychology, meditation, and inner work. An adjunct professor at John F. Kennedy University for 15 years, Stephanie has written for the Mountain Astrologer magazine since 1990. She is also the author of two ebooks, Eco Astrology, Finding Our Way Home, and Life After Twinkies, A Holistic Guide to Dietary Change. Her Eco Astrology Update newsletter, covering current astrological alignments and how to work with them, is available via email subscription at her website, ecoastrology.com. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for joining me today. I've been looking forward to speaking with you, especially uh, at the beginning of this new year, because you're looking ahead at some of the, the energies that we've got to work with during this year. And before we really dive into all of that, I would love it if you could share with our listeners what it is about astrology that draws you to it. What do you love about it? Mm, several things. I love how it describes two different kinds of time. Um, we often forget that our calendar, the very way that we mark time, is based on astrological, astronomical cycles. The year is based, of course, on our Earth's journey around the sun. The moon um, determines our monthly cycles, and the daily cycle is determined by the Earth's rotation. So astrology speaks to quantitative time, um, but it also speaks to cycles, which is more of a qualitative kind of time. Um, there's a beautiful quote in, in the Bible, to everything there is a season, right? There's a time for planting, a time for reaping. And astrology, especially the 12 stages of the zodiac, describe an archetypal progression that can be used on all levels, from the physical level of planting a seed and through its flowering, fruiting, and, and returning to the earth stages, to the evolution of consciousness. So for me, astrology reminds us that everything is connected. Everything has its time as part, as part of a larger progression. And it has also given me more compassion or helped me understand that there are many ways of looking at things, many different stages of development, and that they're all from a higher point of view equal. Um, there's no one sign better than another. There's no one stage better than another. It's, it's just simply part of a cycle. So it's helped me to, to be more compassionate with myself and others and to make sense of things that wouldn't otherwise make sense. Mm. Yes. And the, first of all, well, I want to go more deeply into this understanding of time and the cyclical nature, because 
of course, in our Western world, we do tend to think of time as linear, right. but I think it is helpful for us to understand that these cycles come and go. And, and I think for us globally now that we're in this time of extreme change and tumult, I think it's helpful to remember that um, that, that we go through cycles uh, of the, this sort of disruption uh, periodically that help open us to new understandings. One of the things that you just mentioned about astrology helping us really understand that all things are connected and interconnected, of course, that's that's really the consciousness that we're coming into, right? This unitive consciousness of this awareness that everything is connected. Right. Astrology helps us understand the energies that are present for us to, to work with and cooperate with. I think sometimes people have the misunderstanding that it's sort of prescriptive. Right. Yes, it's a tool. It's a language of energy and cycles, and it's a tool. And like any tool, can be used skillfully or with great harm. Um, I didn't study, study astrology for many years uh, because I had only been exposed to what I saw in the Sunday paper, you know, the sun sign columns, which were very predictive and very um, disempowering, you know, and mm and unhelpful. I, I call it astro-racism now. Uh, um, so it wasn't until I was in graduate school and met a woman who was very spiritual, very intelligent, and an astrologer. And I couldn't reconcile those, you know, those things. I, well, if she's into it, but there must be something I don't know about it. And so I asked her to do my chart, and I was blown away at how validated uh, my soul was that what she could see from that piece of paper. How did you do that? I want to know how you did that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I was dumbstruck at how she could identify things that no one else had confirmed in my life, and it was tremendously healing and 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 inspiring. And I couldn't put the books down after that. So a whole new world of understanding just opened up to you. It did. As you look at where we are, so you and I are recording this conversation on January 6th, which of course now has become associated with the uh, anniversary of the insurrection last year. Mm. And I think a lot of people you know, are really wondering, where are we? Where are we? So as you look at where we are from the maps that you use and the lenses that you use as, as an astrologer, what are you seeing globally in terms of the energies that are present for us to either work with and cooperate with or resist? Mm -hmm. um, one way to make sense of the many cycles in astrology, everything is moving, of course, the sun, the earth, uh, you know, and the outer planets. Um, one rule of thumb that I found very useful is the farther a planet is from the sun, of course, the longer its orbit, and the deeper the process of change it symbolizes. So these are energies that are constantly moving, generating sacred geometry, if you will, different matrices of energy. And it's particularly the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, I include Chiron as well, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto still is important. Um, and beyond, the orbits of those bodies reflect major cycles in history. If you go back, and there's a wonderful book by Richard Tarnas called Cosmos and Psyche, where he maps out the last 2,000 years of uh, history coinciding with astrological cycles and their themes. So we notice these patterns. Astrology is essentially all about these cycles and patterns. And whenever certain planets come together, certain themes seem to arise in collective consciousness. And 
these are spirals. We never go through the same thing. Each year is different, right? We have, of course, January 6th every year, but we're a little older and wiser, hopefully, every year. And so yeah. we're spiraling rather than hopefully not just recycling around and around. Mm -hmm. So the outer planet transits indicate these more major cycles. And um, one, actually several that we're still in the wake of, uh, in 2020, we had a very rare alignment of Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto in Capricorn. And that is a confluence that only happens once every 735 years. So a very long cycle. The last time was in the late 13th century, which mm. was the beginning of mechanized time, um, the beginning of our modern banking system, and the beginning of global trade. Marco, Marco Polo was just was coming back from his travels to China, bringing back you know great inventions that were unknown in the West. Um, church clocks were just beginning to be installed so that we no longer had to rely on the sun and moon to set dates to meet people. We could now point to the to the clock. So the beginning of our disconnect with nature, and then the beginning of, of trade between East and West. And so at the so that conjunction, as it cycles back or came back around in 2020, would indicate those kinds of themes, you know, how are we doing in those areas in terms of our relationship to the earth and to time and space, our relationship to money and materialism, and our relationship to, to the global community and trade. Um, and then in 2021, uh, just last year, we had an alignment between Saturn and Uranus, the two rulers of the Aquarian age. We hear a lot about the age of Aquarius from a variety of sources. Um, and that is based on, it's a little complicated, um, I don't want to get into the technology of that, but basically it's based on the precession of the equinoxes, which is a 26,000 year cycle. And approximately every 2000 plus years, uh, we move into a different age and we're coming into as many different dates given for it. But what's called the age of Aquarius would be the age of true equality, fraternity, and brotherhood. Um, you know, the, the theme of the French Revolution um, and, the, and many revolutions around that time. It's the 11th stage in the zodiac. And so it's pretty far down, you know, the road, um, the 12th stage being unitive consciousness. If we haven't mastered the previous stages well, then we get in trouble with the 11th stage. Just like a plant, if it hasn't been able to develop a good root system, a strong stem structure, um, hasn't had the right nutrients, then it's not going to fruit and flower very well, right? Mm -hmm. It may not even flower at all. Um, so astrology is very metaphoric in that way. So by the 11th stage, hopefully we've mastered a sense of individuality. You know, we've grounded ourselves uh, in terms of a other relationship to our body and the earth, you know, and so on. Um, but if not, then we don't do group consciousness very well. Ideally, it's about recognizing our common humanity, that we're all in this together, that we're all equal, regardless of whether we're black or white or green or purple or, or um, you know, whatever our religious background or political leanings, any of the, the divisions that we can create to separate us. But to honor the diversity of all of us, but to recognize our unity in that diversity, to appreciate you know, the, the individual gifts of each person, but then also to recognize that we need to collaborate rather than compete, that we're here to make progress, you know, to resolve in inequities and inequalities, to, to be humanitarian as well as human beings. 
Um, if we haven't mastered it, particularly Capricorn, which was the, the conjunction I didn't mention in 2020, was in Capricorn, the sign that deals with our relationship to power and authority, our relationship to responsibility, and what we consider uh, as success in life, our goals, our objectives, our standards for uh, what will be a good life. Um, if we haven't navigated that, if we haven't developed an internalized sense of authority where we don't need to be told you know, what to do, we know what's right in, in our hearts. You know, um, we don't not do something because we're going to be punished for it, but we just know that that's not, that's not a good thing to do. It's just we just don't do it. Like we don't harm others because we know we're connected. We don't harm the earth because we feel our connection with that. But if we don't have that, then we look outside of ourselves for approval, for permission, for validation, we give our power away, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so if we haven't in the 10th stage at Capricorn developed a healthy sense of, of self-respect, self-reliance, integrity, um, a, a good sense of responsibility, not over or, or under, you know, not um, blaming others, um, not giving our power away, not looking for a, a savior or rescuer, but also not being a martyr, not taking on more than our share, knowing what is our job, what is ours to do, and what is not ours to do. Right? So ultimately coming to the stage where we're conscious creators, we are conscious of the choices that we're making and the consequences of those choices. Uh, Capricorn relates to the planet Saturn. Every sign in astrology has a planet that closely corresponds with it. And so Saturn, if you look at the mythology, you already know a lot of astrology, the reaper, right? The, the Saturn is an ancient archetypal or agricultural figure. As we sow, we reap, very ancient maxim. So um, very simple, but profound teaching that, you know, if we plant tomato seeds, we don't, we can't expect rose bushes. So what we, what we, what we put our energy into, what we set our intentions for, what we spend our time and energy on, of course, reap consequences. And to become aware of long-term consequences, not just immediate ones, is also part of Capricorn. For seven generations, you know, the, the Native American Native tribes have been much more conscious of stewarding the earth for those to come, you know, many generations after us. So Capricorn deals with it's a it's the third earth sign. Um, in astrology, there are three earth signs, three water, three air, and three fire. The first one in the sequence is personal. The second is interpersonal. And the third is transpersonal or collective. So Capricorn being the third earth sign is about collective responsibilities, collective power, collective resources. As you speak of this, Stephanie, I'm just really appreciating how we each have a role to play in this planetary moment in terms of doing our own inner work and really coming to understand our own authority and our own power to be co-creators. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Each one of us makes a difference by the choices we make, by the level of awareness we hold. Absolutely. And then, of course, also each of this, all of these energies get filtered through our own charts, mm -hmm. right? Our own because we each have our own personal, I guess, life lessons. Yes, yes, we have our own dharma, you could say our own destiny, our own life purpose. Our charts are like a, a roadmap for our highest potential. Um, each sign in, in that chart, each, each planet represents a different aspect of consciousness. And each one has its skillful expression and its shadow side. 
and of course, many things shape us, you know, our, our inheritance, our genetics, our, our um, education, our cultural background, our religious upbringing, and so on. So there's many factors that go into shaping how that's expressed. But yes, each person is a unique individual. That's another, um, I'll say paradox, but astrology reminds us that um, even though these cycles repeat, they're never exactly the same. You know, our entire solar system is rotating around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. So we are constantly moving through new sectors of space. Even though these patterns repeat, there's something unique about each moment in time and each person who's born at that moment. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned, and I, I receive your newsletter, and I also received your yearly forecast, and I want to make sure that people know about that as well. But you talked about the, the, um, the United States and that countries also have their sort of natal, natal charts, and that the United States is in a moment of Pluto return. Can you talk about that? Yes, yes. Um, yes, just as individuals have charts, uh, countries uh, have charts. And so if we use the July 4th, 1776 date um, in Philadelphia as the founding of this country, um, that on that day or that year, rather, Pluto was at a certain point in the sky at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And this year, and depending on some other minor calculations for the next several years, um, that is cycling around again. And what that means when something returns, it's, it's coming back to us where it was in the sky. So there's a reiteration of those themes and the opportunity to go to the next level. Again, it's a spiral. So looking at how far we've come, of course, since, you know, 1776, um, where we are in that process that those that planet and that, that section of the chart symbolizes, and where we can go next. So Pluto, in essence, um, is very much about the shadow, about evolutionary edges. Uh, if we think of it as a metaphor, mythologically, he's the god of the underworld, right? So where we are often abducted um, by life, take it like Persephone, take it into the unconscious through a loss of some kind, a severe illness, the death of a loved one, you know, things that we normally would never choose to do, but our initiations and transformative experiences where we, if we do the work, emerge more empowered, more conscious, more whole, um, and more able to be of true service in the world. So any Pluto transit is often a difficult passage, but uh, an incredibly fruitful one if we are able to go all the way through and not get stuck in the underworld, stuck in the shadow and the unconscious. In the US chart that Pluto is in a section called the second house that deals with values, resources, money, banking, you know, um, in a country's chart that section deals with financial is all kind, the stock exchange, you know, the economic systems and so on, but primarily values, right? What do we value? What do we ground on? What, uh, how do we value ourselves? So it's about self-esteem as well, self-worth, and then what we value in terms of how we spend our time and energy, right? What we spend our dollars on speaks to our values, right? And, and our time and energy as well. So uh, this Pluto return essentially, in, in, in my understanding, is looking at what are we what are our, what are the fundamental values of this country and how do our institutions capricorn reflect those values and how are we using 
the structures and the forms that we have available to us um, to, you know, to conserve our, our resources, to use them wisely for the benefit of those to come, hopefully. Um, or are we doing the shadow side of Capricorn, which is materialistic, you know, self-absorbed, um, uh, the misuse of power in all its different forms, corruption, um, you know, manipulation, tyranny, intimidation, and so on. So it's a time of really taking stock. It's hopefully coming back to the, the 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 high road of Capricorn and Pluto. Yeah, and that conversation about what are the values that that just seems so core uh, to what we're experiencing in our mm -hmm. society right now. Mm -hmm. um, what what will be the values that that guide us forward. And you also mentioned that Pluto has to do with the shadow. Yes. Of course, this so, country has a huge shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, that's what we're experiencing now is this <laughs> revelation, I guess I would say, or revealing mm -hmm. of, of the shadow. And the question then is, you know, how do we work with that? How do we work with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. This country's shadow, of course, has many, levels you know we were founded on genocide right the the the, the extermination and, and enslavement of the indigenous population and then then the enslavement of people brought from africa you know the the legacy of white supremacy and patriarchy the environmental devastation corporate domination and so on and the illusion of materialism so all that is encoded in that second house pluto um so how we deal with the shadow how do we make the unconscious conscious Right. So there has to be a, at a certain point a choice to face the dark, you know, to not deny um, or turn away or, um, um, you know, pretend that it's not there. Right. That's the, that's the, there's many ways to do that on, on a psychological and spiritual level. But essentially, it all comes down, I think, to that first choice of, of coming out of denial and recognizing. Um, we, you know, when something is in the dark, uh, we can't change it. Right? It's only by becoming aware that we have choice, that we can make a different choice. So um, the gift of Pluto is that, yes, it does bring things up into consciousness. It, it seems to reveal, expose um, things that have been flying below the radar for, for centuries, in this case, for, for many, many, many years. So um, by stopping, taking a deep breath, and the willingness to look into the dark to see what's really there. I use the metaphor of, on a personal level, of going down into the basement of our houses or into the closets or garages and unpacking boxes that we've forgotten, we've even had maybe. And as we unpack those stored materials, we find some treasures we might have forgotten about, but a lot of junk and things that we need to release, right, to throw away or pass on. So it's unpacking what's been stored in the unconscious that is required of all of us and looking at these difficult issues that are still unhealed in, in our collective shadow in this country. Yes. And there is, uh, I think, you know, I see both impulses playing out right now, the willingness to look at that. And then also the um, forceful denial or refusal to look at it. And mm -hmm. that's where, for me, it comes back to what you said earlier about how each of us has a role to play and that we can claim our own authority and to mm -hmm. do our own work and not to allow ourselves to become disempowered thinking that, oh, well, you know, uh, not everybody is on board with this, therefore it's a lost cause, but to really do our own work and, and step up to the plate in that way. 
Absolutely. Yes. The, the, the gift of Capricorn, the 10th sign is sovereignty, recognizing that we are in charge of our choices and our lives. We cannot always uh, change our circumstances, but we can change our responses. And I use the, the example of Viktor Frankl, who um, suffered the atrocities of being in a concentration camp for three years during World War II and came through that with the, the tremendous wisdom um, and spiritual growth of that experience rather than being crushed by it. That even in those extreme circumstances where there was very little choice um, given people, you could still choose to be kind. You could still choose to retain your humanity no matter what the outer circumstances were. So yes, no matter how hard it seems, um, and fortunately we don't have those extremes right now for most people anyway, um, we can always choose how we respond. And that's, that's what's being called forth right now, I think, for all of us. Is how do we respond to this? How do we hold our center, our humanity, um, our awareness in a way that um, is kind rather than conforming to the, the shadow side of Capricorn? Yes, the, our freedom to respond and, and to, of course, Frankel also, you know, what meaning we make, our search for meaning. And so exactly. What meaning are we giving to these times? What meaning are we giving to the circumstances of our own lives? And that can make such a difference. And I think that comes back to what you were saying before about moving out of the victim mentality or the martyr mentality, and to really, as you say, claim our sovereignty to, to know that we can respond to life in our own way. And we don't have to follow the script, and especially the shadow script, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So as you look at this um, at this year ahead, and I want to let people know, first of all, just to make sure that everybody knows this, that you send out reports both on the new moon and the full moon, but then you also have a yearly, uh, you look ahead each year and you have a yearly forecast of what's ahead. And I received that myself. It's a two-hour teaching that you give with, like I think, six handouts of what's going to be happening in the coming year in terms of the movements of the planets and so forth. And so it's a fabulous resource. I just want to make sure that people know that and they can find that on your website, sign up for that at uh, ecoastrology.com. And as you look ahead and as you've really looked at the energies that are going to be with us in 2022, what advice would you have for us about how we might move forward and uh, be a positive influence in a very turbulent time? Mm. Well, one of the things that I think is going to be very supportive this year in particular, we have a planet um, that um, is picking up the spiritual energy, so to speak. Jupiter is the planet that goes with meaning, purpose, um, how we frame things, our perspective on life, our sense of understanding, um, and so on. It's moved into Pisces just a few days ago. And we'll be there until May. Then it dips into the next sign of Aries, goes back into Pisces a little later this year um, for a few more months. So back and forth. But in Pisces, this is the 12th sign in the Zodiac. And the sign that calls us to unitive consciousness, that reminds us that we're all uh, interconnected and part of a much larger whole. Um, it's, it joins a, another planet already in, in, in Pisces. Neptune has been in Pisces since 2011. We'll be there until 2026. It has a longer cycle, 180, uh, let's see, 
168-year cycle. Jupiter is only 12 years, so much quicker. Spends about a, a year in a sign. Neptune spends 14 years in one sign. But it picks up the wind, so to speak, um, uh, a tailwind for going into this more compassionate terrain. Um, like every sign and planet, there's a shadow side to that as well. Um, the downside or shadow side of Pisces and Neptune would be to lose ourselves inappropriately rather than to merge with, with God or spirit, the Tao, whatever you want to call that higher power. Um, we get lost in addictions or codependency or what I call looking for God in all the wrong places. You know, we, we, if we haven't developed a healthy sense of identity, then we can't transcend that. Then we just simply lose ourselves in whatever seems to be uh, easiest and most available. Um, so we feel spacey, less grounded, you know, more confused, foggier. Um, but if we take the time to develop that center through yoga, meditation, any kind of practice that um, grounds us in a deeper reality, nature, of course, is always um, you know, uh, in unit of consciousness, unless it's been fractured by human development. Um, but so being exposed or, or grounded in those practices and environments helps us to remember and come back to that center place that is eternal and connected and knows the truth. Um, so Jupiter will be um, in Pisces until May, uh, mid-May, May 13th, and then goes into Aries until the end of July, and then at the very end of the year goes back into Pisces. Um, actually, I'm sorry, October 27th uh, until December 20th. So that encourages us or gives um, additional support um, for uh, uh, discovering a spiritual understanding and meaning and recognizing the power of the heart and the power of love. Um, you know, so meditation, nature, the, any of the arts, when they're done with that intention, dream work, um, divination tools like astrology, the tarot myth, uh, and so on, um, studies like animism, um, interspecies communication, um, and intuition development, any of the energy healing practices, uh, working with entheogens, you know, there's many ways to go into this state, into this more unitive state. Um, and depending on our individual charts and our, our um, conditioning and, our, and the availability in our lives, we can do it in any number of ways. So it's become, I think, more and more, it's always been important, but I think really imperative these days to have some kind of quiet time daily, if not a formal meditation practice, then some time out where we turn off our devices and we, you know, go listen to the birds or go for a walk on the beach or, you know, do something where we turn inward. Yeah. And 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 remove ourselves from all the pressures of, of uh, modern technological life to reconnect with that deeper truth. Yeah, it's so helpful to know that we have this support uh, this coming year for these sorts of things, mm -hmm. and uh, that we've got these energies and this support uh, as we cultivate that unitive consciousness in ourselves. One of the other things that I found really interesting in your yearly forecast was you talked a little bit about space weather. Mm -hmm. um, could you just say a word about that? Yes, um, that is something that is beyond astrologies. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's unpredictable uh, from what we know we can do at this point with our technology. So yes, uh, just like we have weather on, you know, the earth, 
Um, we have weather that comes in from our from our sun and beyond, uh, you know, from quasars and pulsars, the center of the galaxy, there are transmissions of highly ionized particles called plasma that are constantly bombarding the Earth's magnetosphere. And normally our atmosphere screens out most of those, but the Earth's magnetic field has been weakening um, for the last, since 2014, it's been found as weakening far faster than normal. And so more of those rays are coming in and the, the, percentage of those rays that penetrate the Earth's field also is determined by solar activity. The more sunspots there are, the more solar flares and what are called coronal mass ejections, solar burps, if you, if you will. Um, those are huge flashes of light, which encode information. We don't often think of light as information, but it is. It encodes a, a variety of wavelengths. And so we are receiving, you could say, and, and a few years ago, I would have kind of rolled my eyes at this, but it makes sense to me now that the light that we see from our sun and from other stellar sources and, and beyond are, are also facilitating the evolution of consciousness. They, it affects, it's been shown to affect our DNA. Um, it affects our nervous system, our pineal gland, and our consciousness. So when we have solar flares in particular, I often feel them immediately. I'll, I'll start to feel a little bit kind of off. Um, sometimes it's I'm extremely tired all of a sudden, and then I want to just lay down for 10 minutes. Um, and then I'll check the spaceweather.com website. And go, oh, there was just a solar flare. You know? mm. So they can be quite disorienting because they are, in a sense, recalibrating our nervous system and our, and our consciousness, our wiring is being upgraded. Um, so that those things are happening, um, and we're coming into what's called a solar maximum. The sun has an 11-year cycle, a sunspot cycle, where it goes from very few sunspots to often 100 or more. And the more active it is, the more burps, the more solar flares happen, and the more times we're getting these upgrades, you could say. And so that will occur in at the late 2024, 2025. And interestingly enough, I, I've mentioned in one of my updates in December that there have been studies corresponding pandemics with solar flare activity too. Hmm. So these things definitely affect human consciousness. You know, they, they also correspond with major historical events. There's been studies over uh, looking at um, events for the last 200 years and 80%, I believe was um, corresponded with major, you know, revolutions, you know, um, you know, major event, worldwide event, events, global happenings that were significant. So we're being affected by not only um, the planets in our solar system, but of course our sun and beyond our sun as well. It really boggles the mind uh, when mm. you really start to take in the scope of how, you know, all of these influences that we are part of and, and receiving and participating in. And I think we often as, as human beings can sort of get locked in this idea that we're living our own our own little separate lives which is so far from the truth mm. and uh i just really appreciate the way how you articulate all of these influences that are that are with us and and supporting us really and i want to also say i've mentioned your um your new moon and full moon reports and i and I, one of the things i also really appreciate about your work stephanie is all of the other resources that you bring in to help contextualize what we are going through. And it's just a wealth of wisdom. So I, I really appreciate all the work that you put into that. 
every oh. month, twice a month. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my intention is that it be useful. You know, information is, you know, helpful, but if you can't apply it, if we can't use it, it's not really worth it. And, and we are at such a pivotal time in history. It's, it's all hands on deck, so to speak. And we're, we're, I think we're at the tipping point, if not just be, I think we're just beyond the tipping point. I think we, more people have chosen and are, and are continuing to choose to move forward, although it looks, you know, dicey and, and certainly we have a lot of work left to do. Um, so yes, to, to have resources and ways to work with these energies because they're, they're in our lives. It's not abstract at all. It's actual energy. And, and actually the, the reason, one of the other reasons I got into astrology was I would feel these shifts and I would look around and go, what happened? Something just changed, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And then when I began watching these cycles, I go, oh, I could tell, oh, the moon just changed signs. I can feel a quarter of a million miles away when the moon moves into a different sign. I was that sensitive, but I, I used to think I was crazy because I, I, I couldn't find a language for it. Why did, you know, what's going on? Why did I feel different? Nothing around me changed. And so we're, we're all feeling this. We're all responding to it, but it's not always conscious, you know, but once we begin to turn our attention toward it, we can, we can notice like, oh, that's just, that's the cycle. And that's my experience of it. And here's what I, how I can work with that energy rather than, than fight it. So going downstream rather than upstream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I, I really, again, appreciate you taking the time to be with me. And once again, your website is ecoastrology.com. And again, I just thank you for all the beautiful work that you're putting out into the world, um, helping us. You know, there are so many people who are bringing their own expertise and their own perspectives to this moment, this global moment. And thank you for, for being your light mm -hmm. and for sharing it with us. And my gratitude to you, Patricia, for your wonderful work and your, the bright light that you shine into the world. Well, thank you and many blessings, Stephanie, uh, in this new year and blessings to all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, Namaste. Namaste.